to No Filter. I'm Patty, and I am coming to you directly from Connecticut. And I'm Juan, coming from Paris. Patty. So. Yes, so please excuse if there's any pauses or anything like that because we are communicating over cross-country continent situations. So Rowan's pussy if it's cool. <laughs> so Rowan's in Paris um, on a little project working with um, Kanye and their whole group. And we didn't want to leave you guys without an episode this week, so we really tried to figure out how to make this work, and hopefully it works throughout the entire episode. Yeah, we're going to watch us, like, listen to this shit back and be like, oh my nah, god. Nah, this isn't going to work. <laughs> um, so yeah, let's just try to get right through this. Um, I figured I would start off this week, um, since you've been gone for so long. Um, Rowan, we actually had a day planned out. I took the day off of work and, um, her and I and another friend of ours, we call our little group RPD. We were going to take a city day and have some fun. And, um, unfortunately Rowan was called off to Paris. So I already had the day off and I was like, fuck it. We're just going to go anyways. Um, so we went out to the city and our first stop, we just recently, there was an article in Business Insider. Bro, you're going to love this when you get back. It is so fucking good. It was like an hour-long wait down the block, but it was. It, I thought it was worth it. I thought it was really good. Um, so basically, this place called... Sushi Burritos? Yeah, Sushi Burritos. So there's this place in the city called Poke Works, and basically a poke is a Hawaiian, um, like a raw fish Hawaiian salad. And so they've kind of took taken that and made it into a business. So they also, they make poke bowls, but they also make sushi burritos. And a sushi burrito is just what you would imagine. It's like a giant sushi roll, but like it's a burrito. And you can pick whatever you want. And I thought it was fairly priced. It was like 11 bucks a bowl or mm. burrito. And you can pick two different types of um, meat or protein or whatever. So one of we got one burrito in one bowl. The burrito was um, ahi tuna and shrimp, and then the bowl was salmon and tofu. And you get like all these different things in it. It was really bomb. Um, so that was really good. And then after that, we went to the Museum of Natural History. They had an exhibit. Um, they had a film they were showing called Adventures in National Parks, and it pretty much just shows. Mm-hmm. Um, a bunch of national parks across the U.S., the United States. And um, it kind of, like, teaches you how the whole idea of national parks came to be, like, how everybody came together and decided to make these, like, national parks and why. And basically, it's all attributed to um, President Theodore Roosevelt and John Muir, which was this, like, dope-ass dude, and he and Roosevelt met up in Yosemite National Park, what is Yosemite National Park today, and kind of came up with this plan to, like, partner with everybody across the U.S. that had a park and wanted to preserve the land, and it doesn't belong to any one person. It belongs to everybody. So it's a really cool, dope film, and they have it in 2D and 3D. We got there very late so we had to watch the 2d version but i could only imagine how much cooler the 3d version was also if you have some edibles to take with you also before you watch it and Uh it's in 3d um it would be really dope 
So yeah, that was a lot of fun. And then we walked around the museum and it's just fun to go, you know, every once in a while just to get out and go to like a museum or see something different. And I hadn't done it in so long and they have some really just dope shit at the Museum of Natural History. And, um, so yeah, so after that, we, we went, yeah, we went once. We, oh, another thing we wanted to do, but we didn't get to, which I definitely recommend people to do is um the planetarium they have a movie in the planetarium that you could watch or different shows they do this this exhibit or whatever was the dark universe which i think we saw i think it's been the same for a while and basically they do movies but like the seats kind of recline back and it's all like on a dome screen and it's really cool it just draws you in and you kind of learn about space and it's just like i don't know a lot of fun and it's just something cool to do um for the day and then after that, we went to dinner at this place called um, Gotham Market West, and it's on 11th Avenue and like 44th or something like that. It's a really cool concept. They're kind of popping up all over the U.S., and it's basically like a cafeteria. It's all community tables, all like cafeteria style, and they have a bunch of vendors in there. So they have like a taco place, um, a ramen shop uh tapas uh, sushi all this stuff and you can literally get food from any of them and just sit down anywhere and eat whatever you want so which is like my it's like my dream come true because I can never decide what to eat so like we got a sushi roll we got some tacos and we got some ramen and like we can all just sit down and eat together at the same table um so that was a pretty cool experience so you should definitely check that out Gotham Market on the west side so so sad I missed the day. I know. But we didn't make it to the Museum of Sex, so we can definitely save that one for all of us to do together because they have some really cool exhibits right now. They have a bouncy house made out of boobs. Oh, yeah. And, yes, I've been wanting to for a minute now. Yeah, and then they also have this exhibit called Splendor in the Grass, which is very similar to the Feelings Museum. It kind of touches on, like, all five senses and, like, you know, different sounds and, like, lighting and things you have to feel through and stuff like that, so... I remember the video that we watched when we went to the Museum of Natural History. It was the um, that one that we saw in 3D, the Mysteries oh, was... of the World. Yes, that shit was that dope. Was <laughs> one of the dopest things I've ever seen. And that fucking movie right there, and we were we were high on edibles, so like the 3D shit is like popping out at us. And it's just super cool. It was so cool. It made me look at the world in such a different way. Like, ever since that day, I was like, yo, the world is crazy. crazy. It so shows crazy. how all of the technology that we use today, it comes from, you know, the natural world. Just, like, looking at um, lizards and the way that they can climb up um just different surfaces and just what their what their feet are made out of and that kind of suction they would then used to create different things that they can use for suctions. And then um, the outer shell of an airplane, how it came from lily pads and how nothing really freezes or water doesn't stay on a lily pad and how they used that to then create airplanes. And it's just so nuts and yeah. how we're constantly changing and evolving and it's all from what's already here. So it's cool. Um, that's dope. Oh, I want I want a date. Day. day when I get yeah. yeah, it was cool. And it was a really fun thing to do while sober and not drinking. So, <laughs> since I've been following the spring cleansing, 
which we talked about a couple weeks ago. And if anybody's been following my Instagram <laughs> or Twitter, we decided to hashtag it. I can't hear you. Sorry, go ahead. I've been hashtag, we hashtag spring cleansing, kind of like spring cleaning. So basically we decided to take the challenge of not drinking for the month of March, just to kind of clean up the system, be a little healthier, save some money, you know, just take a break from, from all of that. And so I'm on day eight. March has already proven to be a very long month because I've definitely been tested and tried and I've definitely wanted that glass of wine at the end of the day. But I've been holding strong. And our friend who's doing it with us also has held very strongly. He almost had a beer yesterday at the at the West Market, but he didn't do it. And what about you, Ron? How's it going for you? Listen, if you <laughs> a, a last-minute trip to Paris, I think maybe you would have changed. So here's the thing. I feel like spring is a very long season, and I can just do my cleansing in April. Okay. All right. It's going to be really hard that I don't have my friends to do it with me. Or can I just, like, prorate? Can I just start as soon as I get back and just, you know, I could have just missed the first eight days, ten days of it? Yeah, you're going to add ten days to the end of it? Yeah. Okay. Sure. Like to the beginning of April. Yeah. All right. We can allow that. Because that I don't have weed on me at all times here. Like I've been able to smoke, but it's not like back home where I can just light up, you know, pack my bowl and just take a hit. So like I need something. Okay. Excuses, excuses, but fuck it. Pardon my French. <laughs> so yeah. Okay. Right, so cool so on my way here actually really cool stuff um I was on the plane on my way to Paris and I brought a book with me that um this this guy that we went to high school with wrote so his name is Simon Obas um I didn't really know him that well in high school we I mean we, we knew each other but we weren't very close but he's out here doing a lot of positive things he just Definitely. um he just started his own um, school in New York. He, you know, he's like a founder of of his own school. Um, and he's just doing a lot of positive things for definitely the people that we grew up with to see. Just being a, you know, a black man that um, just, you know, grew up with under different circumstances and just showing how you can reach success as long as you're dedicated and you believe in yourself and you're motivated and all of that. So he wrote a book called The Grind and he reached out to me asking if, you know, I would, I would read it. And then, you know, if if I enjoyed it, share it with my, my platform. And I said, of course, because I just think it's amazing. I love when people that I know, especially like local people are doing positive things. And I just would love to support anybody doing anything positive. So I, I decided, okay, um, my flight would be the perfect opportunity to start reading the book. I opened up the book and the first chapter in the book was titled Paris. And I was like, what the fuck universe? What are you trying to tell me? 
The book is called The Grind, first chapter called Paris. I'm on my way here on this like work trip, and it was just such synergy. So I was reading through, and basically the first, ty- the first book was called Paris because Simon feels that he had his epiphany or what we've said before, our you know enlightenment moment or awakening when he visited Paris for the first time and just how, you know, someone who came from nothing could now be in Paris and travel and all of these things that he, you know, only dreamt of one day are now possible. Um, so the whole book is very, you know, it's a very inspiring book, just sharing his story and how he's, you know, going to college was one of his biggest goals and, you know, working three jobs to get there and all of the things that he had to sacrifice and all of the things that he had to do to make his dreams come true. And two of the chapters that really stood out to me was one was about time and time management. Um, and that's something that I struggle with a lot and it was something that I really needed to read. And, you know, he shared about how he juggled working three jobs at one point just to be able to pay for school while he was going to school. So, and then I think about me and I'm like, fuck, like I've got all the time in the world then, you know, to do the things that I want to do. I just don't use it properly. And then another chapter that I thought was really, really interesting was titled Visualize. And he spoke about the power of visualization. And it was really cool for me to read about it because I feel like it's something that I've done since I was a little girl. And I didn't realize it was what I was doing. I guess it was just me thinking, I don't know. I guess it's another word for dreaming or just trying or using your imagination but um, I've visualized many different things in my life and then they've just manifested and he talks about that in the book and how um, it's been basically scientifically proven to work Um, an Australian psychologist completed a a famous study on sports visualization visualization holy shit um And basically he took three groups. He took a group of um, a a team who would shoot, you know, a ball into the basket every day for 20 minutes for a certain amount of time. Then he took another group who would only visualize themselves shooting it for 20 minutes every day for a certain amount of time. And then the third group was one that didn't do it at all. They would just not think about it, not do it, nothing. And then it turned out that the first two groups – only by one percentage of a difference improved their shooting ability. The ones who actually shot and the ones who visualized themselves shooting the ball. Um, And yeah, so I just thought it was really interesting. And he talks about how, you know, college was one of his dreams, you know, completing college. And so he would just visualize himself walking across the stage and accepting his diploma and just what the air would have smelled like that day. And just really putting yourself in that setting and manifesting that. And I thought it was pretty cool. Um, and very, very powerful. So shout out to Simon Obas. Um, you guys can pick up his book. It's called the grind. Um, and it's, a, it's definitely a good and very quick read, actually. It's, I mean, he says to himself, this isn't rocket science. This is just the tools that I feel have helped me and could help you if you're in the same place and you need a little bit of motivation or direction. Um, so, yeah, Word. congratulations. Yeah, shout out to Simon. That's really cool to see somebody 
that you went to school with just you know starting a fucking school bro like you started a school <laughs> like yeah. to educate people that's amazing that's super which is cool. what I would love to do one day I would love to start a school like in our hometown but um basically directed around the arts yeah about any you know artistic expression because we don't have anything really like that um and I think there should be a whole school about it word allow kids to continue to express themselves artistically and be creative throughout their entire education definitely so cool um so yeah so I am in Paris I'm here working in the showroom for uh Yeezy season three um really fun job basically I get to play dress up I get to throw on some Yeezy clothes and just greet different buyers that are coming into the showroom to pick different items that they would like to um, carry as part of their inventory in their different stores and boutiques all around the world Um, so it's been really fun it's been really cool Um, Yay was here for a couple of days Um, it was nice to just um, have some more time to like vibe with him one-on-one and as I've said to you guys I feel like the more that I'm around him the more I talk to him I, I, I get more of an appreciation for him as a person and as an artist and um, just being in the showroom the other day and seeing the entire collection um, I'm I totally fully understand his vision and it's it's just so fucking dope and I just and I like I said, I think a lot of people even still around him don't get it, but we got an opportunity to talk and vibe out, and um, I'm really, really, really excited to see where he goes with season four, and I think that um, season one was... Everything is a growing process, and I think people look at Kanye, and they're like, "You, it's supposed to be perfect from season one, you know? Mm-hmm. But this is his first time creating a line, so season one was him trying to... F- form a language you know and then season two you know it's had its its own little thing and now I feel like with season three it's like that language is starting to really form and it's it's starting to translate a little more to people um and I and I'm excited for season four because I think people will finally get it um more but I I just think he is definitely a visionary and think the line is extremely uh futuristic in a sense um which he uses a lot of his inspiration from um he is a huge like star wars fan so he really likes that like outer space type stuff but i just think for me the way that i see the line is i mean you guys will see like a lot of his different a lot of the different materials he uses to me i didn't even get a chance to like express this to him but um reminds me of different animal skin so there's some pieces that almost kind of look like fishnet in a way and then he's got some pieces that's fur and then he's got other pieces that are kind of um shiny um then that to me like it, it reminds me of like snakes or amphibians and just how almost for me the way I'm viewing it is like we are gonna be the the if the planet continues to go in the way it's going, mm-hmm. if people are, don't become more environmentally conscious, and this is something I wanted to talk to him about, about like even considering making his line vegan, because to me, I feel like, you know, animals are becoming extinct. Like at, at one point, like we looked back and 
we saw like dinosaurs and these majestic animals. And I think in the future, generations are going to look back at tigers and elephants and be like, wow, these majestic animals used to walk this planet. Mm -hmm. And then slowly but surely, we're going to be the only animals left, you know, if things don't change. So it was really cool to see the clothes. And that's what I took from it. And I don't even know if that was his vision, but it like totally makes sense in that way that like now the clothes that we're wearing, it replicates the the type of skin, the type of different animals that are on this planet, right. you know, in a yeah. So I don't know that that was me. I was high when I was thinking about all this and looking <laughs> at the clothes. So I had my my points, and it's very hard for me always, as usual, for me to translate and verbalize yeah. exactly what's going on in my brain. But um, I don't know. Maybe people can will get a sense of it when they see it and understand like how I've been viewing it. Um, and then like even just with his body suits. Like, the bodysuits are the dopest part, and I feel like it's, like, the first level of the, the, the rest of the levels of the line and how, like, layering is a very big thing, and the bodysuits are the closest thing to being naked without being naked, Yeah, you know? definitely. And, um... I just think it's really cool. And I, I think, you know, I, we were, I was trying Stefan and trying different pieces and, you know, I had one of the bodysuits on cause it's my favorite piece. I think it's so sexy and it's so comfortable. And then we just started layering things on top of it. And I was telling one of his boys that it was really cool. Like that almost even just with the clothes and how I was wearing it and everything being layered on that, like throughout the day, you can just start shedding layers. Yeah. So I had the body. And then I had these like, um, windbreaker type of pants and this jacket. And then I had on a huge jacket on top of it. So I was like, this is like me starting off my day. And as the day goes on now, I peel off this big coat. And then now, you know, as, as the day goes on further, I can peel off these other layers. And now I'm just left in this bodysuit. Day to and night. Like, yes. <laughs> and just like the symbolism of just being like of transformation. And as you go on through your life, you kind of start shedding your skin and you transform. And, mm -hmm. and at the end of your life, like you're just left bare, you know? And like, really, I think the ultimate goal is to walk through life naked in, in not like just physically, but just in all sense of the word of just Hello. nothing to hide and bearing it all. So that's just kind of what I took from the line, and I thought it was really cool. And, um, yeah, we vibed out, and um, we, we were – at one point he was – I was looking at something on my phone, and the my lock screen, the background picture, is a picture of me and Dawinsky. Dawinsky! Um, my little cutie patootie, the, um, this little boy that I met in Haiti – when we went on our our mission trip and he saw the picture and he was like oh who's that and I just told him a little bit about our mission trip and how um we went to build a home for a family there and that one of the days we went to an orphanage and we met this little boy and he was like wow that's like really amazing you know um and he thought it was really cool um so it was just really cool to just talk to him and get a different side of him and and I you know I think the media does this thing where they and part of it is him to blame too which I you know I kind of told him but um I think they just want him to be the bad guy you know all the time and he does have this other side to him and he is a really um he has you know like I said before he has a good heart so cool that was cool well but, 
I thought we'd talk about our trip a little bit. Yeah, definitely. I think Haiti, you know, would be a good story to tell, and um, especially sharing Vegas last week. Um, I thought it would, since you mentioned it, be cool to <clears throat> tell about some good traveling. Well, I mean, all traveling is good traveling, but some, um, like, charity work and stuff that we've done. So, basically, um, in 2009, um, I found out about an organization called One Small House, and they're out of Brewster, New York. They're a nonprofit. Um, and basically what they do is they started out in Mexico and now they've expanded to Haiti. And I think they've done a couple projects here in the U.S., especially after Katrina and things like that. Um, or basically they have, they, I don't know what their process is on finding the families, but they have a family who lost their home or is maybe living in terrible, terrible, um, circumstances, living situations. And they get a group together, and they go out there, and they build them a new house. So uh, when I went in 2009, I went to Mexico. Um, it's right outside Rosalinda. Um, I can't remember the exact town's name. Um, but we had a huge group because that year or that um, winter, they had an entire class from SUNY Downstate. They were like a group of um, doctors. Like these kids were all going to school to be doctors. <laughs> And I was kind of like, on, I went on my own. I was going to go with a friend. She backed out um, during the process. So I was like, fuck it, yeah, I'm just going to go by myself. And it was right after I had been, I had finished my treatment for cancer and everything. And I just felt like this was a good opportunity for me to do something to give back. Because I felt like so many people did good for me and um, mm -hmm. to me while I was sick and going through my situation that, you know, what the fuck, like I should obviously pay it forward. So I went out there by myself, flew into San Diego, met the whole group. And you know, you hear so many horror stories about these types of trips or just going into Mexico in general, you never know what's going to happen. So I was 20 years old. I had, or 21. I didn't really know anything, but you know, we went, we got out there and it was such a large group that at the end of the trip, we were able to build three homes and a community health center for the town. Um, yeah, which they didn't have before. And it was just a place that they could have a doctor come into and people can get proper care and proper medicine and things like that. And now these families have actual roofs over their head instead of like those tin sheets and like some boards holding them up, you know? So that was a really, really cool um, situation and experience that I had. And the fact that I did it, of course, I made friends and I met people there. But doing it on your own and just going in there like by yourself and not knowing what to expect was a really cool experience for myself, for, you know, physically, mentally, emotionally. And um, it was definitely part of my healing process and all that stuff. So, um, you know, came back from that. I had a great time. And then a couple of years later, um, I decided I wanted to do it again. And I knew when I finished that one in 2009 that I wanted to do it again. But, you know, life gets in the way. Things happen. We're human. So finally, <laughs> I decided um, that I wanted to do it again in 2014. Did we go? Or 13? 14, I think. And so this was going to be in February and this was going to be a trip to Haiti. And so as I was getting ready to start fundraising and making money 
and to, you know, to be able to go on the trip and donate to the cause, um, I decided to kind of just post online and see if anybody was interested in going with me. And Rowan and another friend of ours, um, Letitia, decided that they wanted to be part of it. And so the three of us went out there. We raised our money. We reached our goal. We went out there and we met um, an amazing family and an amazing man. Um, he, his name is Evanson. They are right outside of Port-au-Prince, Haiti, which is where the earthquake hit um, a few years back and they have lost their home to the earthquake. They were living in just horrific living conditions. Um, he had seven kids, I think. Um, um, I believe he had six and his wife was pregnant with the seventh okay. child. So it was going to be kids and another one on the way. Okay. Something like that. But he had, he had a big family. So, yeah. You know, imagine six to eight people living under, you know, I don't even think they had the tin sheet roofs that you see, like, in the Caribbean. Um, but they, um, when you drive through Port-au-Prince into the smaller town where we were staying and we were building the home, um, you can kind of see everything that was left from the Red Cross after they left and after all the different um organizations and people that came into Haiti, um, what it looked like afterwards. And people kind of just took a lot of the materials that were left behind from tents and from like tarp and things like that. And that's what they made homes out of. Like that's all they had left. So, you know, it was, um, I think a five or six day process into making the house and we were able to put up four walls, a roof. We even made them furniture, bunk beds for the kids. We, I think we made a table for them to be able to eat at, um, and then I believe like an outhouse was made too, right? I think they made an outhouse over the, um, yeah, the hole in the back for them to use the bathroom. So, mm-hmm. you know, to us building this house, it's like, damn, they're really going to live in this, like all of them. But to them, like that was a mansion that we built them and it's an actual roof over their head and four walls around them. Um, so it's, it was a really cool experience. You know, it obviously, it makes you feel good to know that you're making a difference in somebody's life. And um, they were happy to have us there. The kids were so much fun. They were they wanted to help us. Like, all the neighborhood kids came and, like, helped us paint and all that kind of stuff. And then, um, and then on the last day, we finished, you know, our mission. We built them the house. We did everything we could for them. And then um, on the last day, we got to explore a little bit of Haiti and go up into the mountains, which is gorgeous. Like, I don't think anybody ever really thinks of Haiti as like a beautiful place, especially after the earthquake. Um, and they've lost a lot of their resources and like their farming and stuff just due to the land and not really taking care of it. But um, it's a really beautiful country and I would definitely love to go back one day, um, especially one of the days we kind of left the group and we you know, asked if we could go to this orphanage and um, just check out the kids and play with them and just you know, spend a day out there. So we did, and we went to an orphanage um, called Hope for Life Children's Home. And the kind of house mom of the place that our group was staying in in Haiti from one small house, um, she also worked with this orphanage, so she took us out there. And it was just a beautiful experience. It was, it was definitely life-changing, and it makes you obviously appreciate things so much more, appreciate your parents, appreciate, like, the broken crayons you have, like everything, like you just have a whole different outlook on life. And so 
we we all definitely loved um we decided we were all or when we came back we were going to sponsor a child so I sponsored a child I think it's like $30 a month it's really nothing and if you have it you should definitely do it and my little boy's name is Carrie and so every month they send us like a picture of the child that you sponsor and kind of gives you an update and different things that they're doing um, and then Rowan, um, obviously, as she mentioned, sponsored Dalwinski, and he was like the cutest little boy ever. Um, they were all so much fun, but, you know. When we were at the house that we were staying in in Haiti, before we even went to the orphanage, um, they had pictures on the wall. Oh, yeah, that's right. Of, mm-hmm. it, um, and at the time, I had no idea that it was the kids from the orphanage, mm-hmm. but there was a picture of Dalwinski on the wall. And there was a big picture, and it was blown up. And I just remember falling in love with him just from that picture. Yeah, he's like so I cute. saw his, picture and I was just like, "This is the cutest boy I've seen in my entire life." Mm-hmm. And then going to the orphanage was, oh my god, man! Like I said before, we pulled up. He ran out, ran right, and like latched onto my leg. And being around these kids, like all they wanted to do was just be around us and and touch us and feel us and be held and be Mm -hmm. in our arms and just just be around genuine love and it was so contagious like seeing kids that had absolutely nothing and could still be so happy Mm -hmm. and so loving they have no idea that their reality is what it is or that that there's so much more out there, you know, Mm -hmm. they're just happy with what they have. And I feel like we get so caught up in wanting more and wanting more and wanting more and not realizing that you already have so much more than somebody else out there. Eat the little that you have, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and the people who have the least are actually the most inspiring to me because they understand what truly fucking matters, Mm -hmm. you know, like, they were just so happy with the little things that, that we brought them, the little snacks that we brought them. And I was just like, oh, my God, I just want this is like this type of feeling is so intoxicating that I just want to feel that all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, I just want to keep going and meeting people and helping people. And hopefully that's like something that we're going to be able to do through the reform and our efforts as a collective. Yeah. But um, what you mentioned about going up to the mountains Um, on our last day, I remember thinking how surreal. Oh no, I think I lost you. Like when we went to the resort for. Start over. It's not moving. (laughs) Sorry. Okay. You know, I lost a a little while ago. I know. I just kept talking since I was like in narration anyway. Sorry guys. We're (laughs) just trying to get through the technical difficulties (laughs) for those of you. (laughs) And connection in my hotel is so shitty um but yeah no I was just thinking about how surreal it was and I felt so I felt guilty in a way Mm -hmm. like we just from nothing Mm -hmm. like to the woods to these people having nothing oh no I lost you again and then we go okay go um just going up to the mountains and just seeing the, the polar opposites. Yeah. And it's kind of crazy because there is no in-between. And it's like that many third world countries. Definitely. Definitely. It's pretty insane. Because um, it's 
percent the bourgeoisie and like the people in power who have the money and just keep the money yeah there's so much money went to haiti through efforts from all over the world yeah and this was a year after the earthquake and nothing was has been done to like help these people but there's resorts continuing to be built in the mountains and these mansions that you see like literally the higher you get as you go up the hills and I actually felt that when we were in California like the gentrification is so and the the differences in class is literally as you just drive Drive. up the higher you go physically the nicer it, yeah, and the nicer it is and the more they have. And obviously it's the views. Like, right. who doesn't want to be in every sense of the word? Mm-hmm. But it's just like, fuck. The, like, it was just crazy. I hated to see it. And I felt guilty that, like, now we were, like, in a resort. It was, like, yeah. living a dream. Well, it was, we like, also living a dream world. had conflicting feelings when we were even down there when we were eating and those women were cooking for us. I think at one point we actually said, like, this is so bizarre. Like, this is one of the poorest countries that any of us have ever been in, not even together, but just in general in our own travels. And I think that's one of the countries, well, for me especially, that I had ever been so, like, gluttonous and eaten so much and the food was just so good. And, like, here we are going to build homes for kids who, like, barely get a meal a day. And so, like, that just juxtaposition itself was just, like, so nuts. And it was like, damn, this is so good. Like, you know, I want to have seconds and thirds. But here we are in this country where our purpose for being here is to try and help those who have no yeah. meals a day. And so, like, so, yeah, it was a very interesting trip to go through um, mentally, emotionally, whatever, and, like, go through our own thought process and things like that. And it was cool that we all experienced it together. But it's definitely tricky when you do stuff like that because it's, like, you want to um, obviously go and help and do, make a difference. But then at the same time, like, you do want to see another country and, like, see, you know, the beaches and stuff that they have to offer so um I mean there's no right answer to to how you're supposed to do that I mean we're all human we all like want stuff but I just feel like if you have um a a balance then you know that makes it kind you know a little bit better it makes it okay in a a sense of the word where you are going to make a difference but of course you're going to selfishly want to see other parts the nicer parts of the country as well so um I think that that's just something to always keep in mind, especially when you're traveling. Like, yeah, go do all that dope shit. Like, you know, get on a yacht, go stay at like the five star hotel, whatever. But also remember that you maybe you should take it at least a day and go and, and see something else and see, you know, an orphanage or a foster home or kids, you know, even, you know, whatever it is, whatever that you find or you figure it out, you know, just try to try to mix the two together because it'll definitely be much more fulfilling for yourself if you're able to do that you know, as well as the the country that you're visiting, so. Definitely, I mean, you know, we are very privileged to have grown up in this type of world, um, in our actual independent world, mm-hmm. um, that we live, um, and I'm, once you, once you've experienced something, it's very, you can't really go back, like, it would be very hard for me to just go and live a very minimalistic life, because yeah. it's, 
what I know and I, I've seen I've seen more. I think once your mind has escaped and seen and known more, it's very hard to go back. And I've said that in the past episode, like people who have a taste of money and then lose it, it's like it, it can do a lot to you to make mm-hmm. you go back a humble life. Um, but that's why I do believe in living a balanced life and, and doing good as much as you can and when you can. Yeah. Especially when you and like I said before, using your platform for the greater good. And um, I guess that brings me to, since it's Women's Day. Oh, yeah. Um, happy Women's Day, ladies. Holla. To all my queens out there, my goddesses, my fucking, the portals to the divine world. Everything comes through you. Word. Literally. Um, but my inspiration, uh, my female inspiration on this day is Angelina Jolie. Um, I think she is an amazing woman. I look up to her for many reasons. I think like, you know, as I've said, one of my, my interests in, you know, artistically expressing myself is acting. And I just think it's amazing to see this woman who had such a successful career as an actress now becoming a humanitarian and using her platform to just do more and give more. And, um, um, I I read that, you know, she started, she started really becoming more of a a humanitarian when she was in Cambodia Mm -hmm. filming movies. And I think that's when she met her, her son, the first one that she adopted, um, and fell in love. And it was like, just reading that story and then thinking about Haiti and how that happened for me. And I I feel like it's just very parallel and, Mm -hmm. and it's really nice to see someone who is so beautiful, so fucking beautiful. Like one of the most beautiful women in the world slash history, um, show people and women out there that you can be so much more than just that. Yeah. You know, and, had a very successful career in her own right using her talents but um it's very refreshing to see people who are who are beautiful i guess it's something that people aren't used to seeing like they think beautiful people are um narcissistic and you know they only care about themselves which in our generation you see more now through social media and certain tv shows and families that are out there um that only show the luxury and those things in life but um yeah shout out to angelina jolie she's definitely goals i look up to her so much and i think she's an inspiration and she's someone who proves that you can you control who you are and you can constantly transform and 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 become someone different you know she had her years where she was fucking nuts like you know she was she was very impulsive she did whatever the fuck she wanted and it was it was she was it was very liberating to see someone not give a shit and that was really cool but then now she did almost a complete 180 and is you know visiting refugee camps and adopting children and that just goes to show that you can never label someone as just one thing always. If they 
they choose to be more and do more and become someone else and that's beautiful and that's their power um so that's very inspiring because I feel like I'm going through a lot of um transformations and even looking back at like old pictures like the one you showed me of us the other day when you were like wow you used to wear so much color it's just (laughs) like even style has changed over the years and it's all so reflective of the times that I was in yeah you know as a person and mentally and emotionally. And I think like just even how my styles change, my haircuts change, everything is just, is, is a reflection of who you are in, in that state at the time. So definitely that is my inspiration, Angelina Jolie. Okay. Um, I'm really bad as you guys probably realized in the last episode of thinking of things, um, off the top of my head. Um, so, um, I don't really have like a person, I guess it kind of leads to a person or a woman that inspires me, but, um, I figured I'd talk about one of my favorite movies and I don't really have an in-depth, uh, reasoning as to why it's one of my favorite movies, but I've just always loved it. I love kind of like independent films and that are like lower budget and just like a little grittier and grimier. And so, um, one of my favorite movies is Girl Fight. Um, it was directed by a female director, which I know I don't have her name on me right now. And the leading role was played by Michelle Rodriguez, who's just like a badass bitch. Um, and I just always love the roles that she chooses for herself. And she's just very masculine and very strong. And um, I think that comes across a lot on the screen. Um, and basically, Girl Fight is just about this inner city kid who doesn't have a lot of options. And... Um, her mother died. Her dad doesn't really think that she's going to amount to much and wants her to, like, dress up and wear makeup and do whatever it is that girls do. And um, she decides that she wants to be a boxer and she's going to box. And she finds this little, um, like, whatever boxing club. She begs the owner to train her. And I'm kind of, actually, now that I'm talking about it, it's kind of like a million-dollar baby story, which I'm sure most people have seen that movie more than Girl Fight. But um, I would definitely check it out if you have the chance. I wonder. I think it's on Netflix. But if not, you could probably find it anywhere on the internet. Um, but yeah, I just thought it was a really cool, inspiring movie. It's just this young girl who knows exactly what she wants out of life. She knows what she wants to do, and she doesn't give a fuck like who's in her way or who's going to try to stop her. Like She's going to make it work no matter what, um, no matter who's questioning her, who thinks that she's not strong enough. Um, and she actually ends up at the end, the match that she has, she, there's not enough... Um, women fighters in in the boxing realm or the amateur realm. Um, so she ends up fighting a man and she beats him. And so you know, it's just it just gives you the punchline, no pun intended. Um, it just drives it that much stronger, and you know, makes it that more um, vivid for you to to imagine yourself doing doing something and knocking some some guy out and taking his spot, you know, the number one spot and the belt and all that stuff. So. That's my little Women's Day inspiration, Girl Fight, the movie. Go check it out. It's a good one. I got to add that to my list of a million movies I have to see. I know. I have, like, a million on my list, too. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, dope. So, I was thinking um, we can end with kind of how we ended the last episode where we can just maybe answer a question or whatever. Okay. Um, 
I think this is a topic that many women um, have questioned or would like to know the answer to. And actually, the I was when I was being interviewed for that show, I was telling everybody about um, about like the women in the industry or whatever. Um, they asked me if I could give you know, girls that are coming into the modeling world or nightlife world or whatever, um, a piece of advice, what, what would that be? And on the spot, you know, thinking on the spot is a little hard. And I gave them one answer, which was just to always keep the bigger picture in mind because mm-hmm. the life and the industry, it, it, it is very flashy and it's, it, it can become a huge trap when you're making a lot of money and you're, you know, you're in this party world and, and everyone is good looking and everything's fun and whatever. It's very hard to get caught up. So I said to just keep the bigger picture in mind. You know, then I left the interview and I was really thinking about it and I was thinking about, you know, how I've seen other women move and um, within the industry and and stuff like that. And really the answer that I would have liked to give, and this is the answer that I'm going to give people right now, Mm -hmm. is don't fuck (laughs) people. Just don't have sex, really, at the end of the day, like... Don't have sex with anyone that is directly in line to helping to, that would... Helping you get to the next level. Right. Do not fuck them. Don't have sex with them. (laughs) And it's not going to happen. And I'm not speaking from experience because I have not fucked anybody that is directly in line with my job or whatever. And I, I feel like for me, myself... Everything that I accomplish in my life, I want to be able to say that I did it for me and I did it out of not just with dignity, you know, without cheating or lying or demeaning myself or 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 doing anything out of my character. You know, if if a million times harder to get to where I have to get, then I'll fucking do that if that means not having to fuck somebody to get there. Right. and so I just think that's very important for girls to remember that you don't need to. You just don't need to. And unfortunately, like I've said before, I am a very sexual being and I would love to move like a dude moves. And I would love to just like, you know, just just be able to, to be that kind of person. But unfortunately, we still do live in a world where double standards exist. And you just got to play your cards really, really smart. Um, and you got to realize that when you are in the industry, it's a very small world and everybody knows everybody and circles are very tight. So you fuck with one guy, guys talk just as much as girls. And if you're more, if not more, and if you're fucking with one dude, you better believe if he knows somebody else and your, your name's going to come up. Your name's going to come up, like, if you're fucking with people in the same circles. So, I don't know, man. You just got to be smart about your stuff and just realize. Oh, hold on. We lost you. I, we're working our hardest to make it that it's not. I. Okay. Okay, now you can Am start. back? Yeah. Stop moving. I'm not moving. I've been trying to get um, tell Rowan since we started not to move because it fucks up the connection and this bitch can't stop talking with her hands and stuff. <laughs> oh my god. 
It's top of my hand. I know. So- <laughs> okay, we're almost done here. <laughs> well, what I say is, you know, we're, this is something that we're all working on, but unfortunately we do still live in a man's world, especially in this industry. There is more men in control than women, and it's quickly changing, and it's amazing that we've come so far, and I do feel there is a huge shift right now, like I've said, you know, talking about different things with energy, whatever, um, it's our time right now, ladies, it is our fucking time, and I just think, um, if you are a woman who, who I, I read this quote earlier, um, okay, off the top of my head, I can't really remember it, but it's, it was something like, a woman who walks in her purpose, um, does not need to chase people or opportunities, her light will attract them to her, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, um, uh, it was really great, and I feel like, you know, that's something that women need to remember. Um, and, yeah, that's pretty much the gist of it, um, ladies. Uh, keep your legs closed. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, when it comes to work, you know, I don't think you should mix business with pleasure because it just uh, it doesn't work out. It doesn't work out. It usually doesn't work out for you, too, like – the guy's going to walk away and be like, whatever, you know, at least, you know, I got some out of it, but what do you get? Nothing really. So, right. <laughs> you, can you know what it, for whatever reason, when guys know who you fucked, it like, it devalues you in a, in a way. It's yeah. unfortunate that it's that way. But it's like this value that people hold for women. They still want them to be these pure beings. And listen, it's bullshit. And I, you know how I feel about that. And I feel like women should and could, should be able to do exactly what men do and move the way they do. But mm-hmm. the reality of it is we, we're, we're still living in a world where you, we're not there yet. And where, where you're still not respected if you do, and you can demand it as much as you want. And you can stand up here and be like, well, I'm just going to keep, I'm just going to keep doing this and I'm going to be promiscuous and I'm just going to fuck everybody I want to fuck. And that's great. But like at the end of the day, people, the, the world culture, society doesn't respect women who, who do that, yeah. unfortunately. And, um, and it sucks because I do think that sucks. Like women should be able to do what they want. And while men are being praised for it, women are being shamed for it. Mm-hmm. But that is the reality of it. And so we need to do more of our part to be respected in other ways and show that we, we can be valued in other ways than just the physical. And, you know, I've said it before, like it's okay to be sexy and to show yourself off and, and be beautiful and whatever. Um, but also show that there's another side of you. Like, don't be so one dimensional. And that's the problem. Yeah. Like, I don't respect men who are one dimensional either. Like we've said before, athletes who are, who are just fucking dumb and don't have anything else off else to offer then you're ill. Yeah. And even <laughs> men, like they're CEOs of companies, but they don't know how to have a life or have a good time or, or don't appreciate the smaller things in and life. life yeah. And I can't see you either. So really just be a better rounded person and, um, and just be smart and, you know, do what you got to do, do what you want to do, but be, you know, be private and move in a little more silence and yeah. don't put your business out there because, People will use things against you. Real G's move in silence like lasagna. Yeah, baby. (laughs) (laughs) 
was my little bit at the end, but um, I guess I would love for you to answer the same question. Like, if you, you could give advice to some women out there um, for whatever it may be, like, what would be your advice to women? For, like, hooking up with people? Well, that was my that was my advice I would give to women coming into the industry, but um, I mean, I feel like I that guess... can be applied just in general to to females in in um in just day to day dating in life, you know, like it doesn't just have to be applied into the industry, which obviously happens a lot more often because you are working at nightlife right. because you're working in Hollywood or acting or whatever it is, um, but just in in life in general, um. And I think we kind of talked about it last week or the week before, whatever it was, when we were talking about social media and posting your significant other and things like that. Yeah. Just in general, like, just move cautiously, move slowly. Like, there's no need for you to be claiming or talking about somebody, like, the next day after you just, like, bone them or something. And just keep it clean. Like, you you don't need to mess with people that know each other or... or you know, roll in the same circle or even just acquaintances because they talk, man. Everybody talks. And when you're in a small town and when yeah. you're in a small industry, and really the world is very small. That is the reality of it. It, it is. It is very hard. Maybe it's something I'm learning too is just like preserve yourself a little more. Yep. Preser- pres- perseverance? perseverance. No, that's like not the word Preservation. I want. Preservation. Thank you. <laughs> Words too. <laughs> Yeah, you got me on that one. Uh, so I guess make, a, make the question a little more specific for you. Um, you mentioned the the movie Girl Fight. Yeah. And that just made me to think about the um, the Cancer Survivor Coffee Table book. Oh, that, yeah, word. That we're working on. And how the concepts, you know, just to give them a little bit of an idea, is basically just, you know, to show can- female cancer, sur- cancer survivors as um these fighters so um i guess more geared towards you if you could give some advice to women out there that are battling cancer right now um so so what would my advice be to anybody battling or females battling cancer out there um who are in their 20s or 30s that were young like you that were just know in college and you know they're going through this crazy time already in their lives yeah um I mean I would definitely say of course like you know the physical struggles and all that is really hard um but as females something that comes into play also is your appearance and your looks and you lose a lot of that um whether you considered yourself an attractive person before you got sick or not, because obviously everybody has, you know, insecurities and self-esteem issues. Um, but you definitely feel uglier, um, when you're going through treatment, especially like intense treatment. I mean, at the worst of it, I think I was, um, 86 pounds and no hair, no eyebrows, no eyelashes, like just a walking corpse. It was what I felt like, you know, And, um, I think that it's just really important for women going through it to realize that, um, you're still bad as fuck. Like you could still be beautiful. Um, 
And a lot of people like to hate on makeup in general without even being sick. But especially when you are sick, a lot of people try to tell you like, oh, you don't need a wig. You don't need to put makeup on. Like, you look beautiful anyway. Like, but at the end of the day, like, I wasn't going out without my wig. Like, me personally. I wasn't. And I think that a lot of girls need to know that that's okay to want to be selfish and, and, and put on a wig when you lose your hair and do your makeup and like put on fake eyelashes or whatever you want to do because I definitely realize that a lot of people kind of look down on that which is weird and um I just feel like like in general like even for females like not um who are not sick um just getting up like there's a quote about like just getting up putting on some red lipstick letting your hair down and like walking out and handling business and that goes the same for for females who who are sick like it's okay to like you know put a little makeup on and like try to hide quote unquote hide the fact that you're going through treatment or you're sick and go out and like be social and not have anybody question you or look at you differently because you're you're bald now or you don't have any facial hair like eyebrows and stuff like that or to get dressed up and um, I think it's really um, yeah I just think it's really important to think about that kind of stuff and um, do whatever you have to do to make yourself feel better because no one's going to make you feel better like you can make yourself feel better because you know what works for you I think yeah wow that was really that was really interesting actually here and it's I didn't think about it like that too it's like especially for women like your hair is such a security blanket you know and I mean right now my hair is the shortest it's ever been and I remember a time where I was like oh my god I'm never cutting my hair short like that like I used to look at pictures of me when I was younger and my mom would have would chop off our hair like she'd cut our hair so short these boy cuts and I was like why the fuck did you not love me like why did you make me look like this because oh I just you know it's not the 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 image that little girls are supposed to look like right. or or whatever and um I just think I don't know like even just your mom just remembering the story about your mom when she cut her hair off yeah after sick and I just thought that was so beautiful mm-hmm. um, I just thought it was so beautiful. And I feel like one day it's something that I definitely want to do. Like I'm not there yet, but yeah. I definitely one day want to just cut off all my hair. And I just, just cause I think it would be such a liberating feeling to not be tied to like this idea of beauty that the, you know, the, that society is, you know, tries to make women feel like you have to have this long hair and yeah. whatever beautiful or whatever and um I just think you you girls are such an inspiration and I'm so excited to work with you know these cancer survivors and create this book that is going to redefine beauty yeah definitely I mean speaking of hair and it not being you NDRE has a great song called I am not my hair and everybody should listen to it oh yes it is great um but all right, I guess that brings us to the end of the episode, but, you know, just tying it all in. Um, again, just a reminder, I, I think, we, you know, we've had a little more listeners now. Maybe we can reach a few more people, but I am working on a Cancer Survivor coffee table book. It is going to be an amazing, amazing project to be a part of. Um, I want to show you female survivors in such a beautiful light, and it's going to be a piece of art 
Um, and I want anyone who would like to be a part of it to be a part of it. So we are still looking for some girls in the New York City area. Um, and we are setting up a shoot for the end of the month. So the time is approaching rather quickly, but if anyone knows anyone who has battled cancer, who they think could, would want to be a part of it, or if you who wants to be a part of it please email me at rawan r-a-w-a-n at the reform co.com t-h-e-r-e-f-o-r-m-c-o.com yes so yeah anyone who any females who have battled cancer make sure you write in with your name and just a little bit about yourself your story your battle what kind of cancer it was email Rowan and then she'll be in touch and hopefully you can be a part of her story instead of history you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah and 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 this is just to be specific because I don't know if I was specific in the other posts but this is um females who have battled cancer and gone through treatment so yeah. if you've gone through actual treatment because there are different cancers that not to undermine it or like make it seem like you didn't go through and you know anything but there are some that are are you know through surgery or a quick are you know are a bit more of a quicker fix um than than others and um i really want to highlight the women who went through a really long battle physically and emotionally and yeah. mentally so make sure you email with your with your story don't tweet don't dm email rowan please. <laughs> please it'll make the process so much easier and you will not feel like we're ignoring you we just want to file everything through email so and that's it i'm so glad that we were able to do this Talk to you soon. Till next time. Bye. Bye.